0: Authors, a podcast where two friends share tips and experiences from our own writing journeys. Hi, welcome back, everyone. This is the Hayley and Lorna Show. No, it's not. It's um, Aspiring <laughs> Authors. <laughs> and um, last week we were chatting about the blurb, which was very educational for me. And uh, how. It was, it was good. Yeah, how do you feel about it? did you learn anything new did you get much from that
1: yeah I think yeah I did it was good to kind of just put it out there and discuss it and kind of get feedback from each other and compare it directly to other blubs that in in our area and remit and everything so I think it was really good and hopefully you guys um got a lot out of it what to do what not to do and whether or not you agree our blurbs were any good. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it was really good. And I think it's just a learning curve. Everything that we're doing at the moment, we are novices. We are aspiring to be authors. So mm. we are just learning as you guys are, and hopefully we're getting it right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all we can do, really. I uh,
0: um, yeah. I think I got a lot more out of that than I thought I was going to. So, um, yeah, I was pretty chuffed with with feedback that you gave me and that I was kind of... Yeah, I feel like I'm going in the right direction now, that I have at least that, the bones of a blurb. And it does need work, but it, it needs just built upon. So I feel like, OK, I'm in the right direction. OK, that's that's the bones of the blurb done, so now I can go on to all the other fun stuff of, <laughs> yeah, to submit to an agent. Synopsis. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, so no, it, it was really good. But this week we are taking a little bit of a step back and talking about why we got into storytelling and yeah, yes. a bit more laid back this episode, I reckon. Well, I kind of asked you, let's please not have any homework for (laughs) if I'm gonna be honest for this because (laughs) there's only so much time to prepare um so yeah we're just having a wee chat really isn't it
1: yeah I mean why we enjoy storytelling why we got into it and why we want to become storytellers for the future when we're about to approach um agents and everything and make this a big career change and everything I think it's good to reflect back on why we want to do it in the first place and why it's important especially when we're getting caught up with pitching the book and writing blurbs and writing synopsis and doing all the business stuff of writing instead of Possibly the art of actually writing. Mm. And I think it's good to look back and go, why are we doing yeah. this in the first place? Why are we putting ourselves through this?
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: And why we love storytelling. and everything. Mm. It's important to us.
0: Before we get into it, so last week, um, how has your week been? Has it been a good week, a bad week, writing-wise?
1: Um, good and bad days. Um, I think it's it's reinforcing the routine, kind of, of writing and finding time. And like we've talked before, not punishing ourselves if we don't. But I have given myself a mental deadline to get this book out and everything. Just to give Mm. myself, because I work better with a deadline. So I've given myself a deadline. Pressure. Extra pressure. In a week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who doesn't need extra pressure right now? Totally. For everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But it's, yeah. So I'm currently working through, I've gone through all my plot points, the feedback from the beta readers, what I need to add, what do I need. I don't think I need to take anything away. I think I just need to add to chapters. So um, I've gone through all that, and now I'm working through it. And it's actually really helped. I'm adding in extra little threads to bolster up um, certain plot points in the story that Mm -hmm. um, might have been a little bit thinner. So it's giving them a bit more foundation and grounding and adding a couple of little extra elements in. So I think it's actually helping and making the story a little bit richer. So hopefully it's just um, an added benefit rather than anything else and that it's not <laughs> just a waste of time. Yeah. But I think it is helping me, and it's helping me to understand my story even more yeah. when I'm about to approach the synopsis and everything. So um, yeah, so it's good. Just the pressure, but it's good. Good pressure, hopefully.
0: It <laughs> doesn't make me insane. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? Um, pretty good. It's actually been quite relaxed, to be honest, with it writing anything new. Uh, I I can't remember if I said this in the last... No, I think it was this week. This week was the last um, set of notes that our editor friend um, gave me. So went through all that. And basically, that's the story... Um, edited but I have to inject some other um, aspects in there so with uh, the love interest I have to go into more detail but that's fine Uh, so and also just something else I need to uh, add but otherwise I really thought that my word count had been reduced a lot but actually it hadn't that much Um, so Yeah, I was kind of surprised at that. Um, So if I can add in another 5,000 words, then that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say not too much. Um, Like I don't, this is not completely a focal. He's a main character, but mm, yeah, I don't want to focus too much on him um, just to bring in a bit more of his past and things. So. Yeah, I yeah. I still got to add in um that. Um but yeah, I'm going to start doing that this week. So the so the week that's just passed, I just um finished it finished editing, going through her notes and um yeah, seeing if anything didn't seem right or going back to her. So um and I'd started writing up his background, what I a few scenarios of what his background would be. Um, and yeah, I feel quite good about that. I'm kinda not I'm kinda just trying to let it come to me and watch some films and read and just let it come, let it happen. Um Yeah, let and you try might not exist. It
1: it. Yeah Yeah, which yeah. I find
0: if I find can happen to me if it's, you know, in the back of your mind, you're you're going out for your walk, you're having a shower, you're you're doing other things and then It's always kind of there, but you're not stressing about it. You're just, yeah, uh, mulling it over. So I have got two scenarios, and hopefully I've sent them off to her to see what she reckons. But otherwise, I'm sure something will come out of it. Um, I haven't set myself a deadline like you have, but I would anticipate I'm a bit later than you. Yeah, I'm going to be just maybe... I would say a month after you, hopefully, um, yeah. and yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see uh, how it goes. But yeah, so far so good. And yeah, and we'll keep you
1: posted every step of the way. So if, mm. with every rejection letter we get, <laughs> we'll keep you posted. Yeah, and then you'll just kind of yeah be along on the journey, and that's the whole point of this podcast is that you it's you understand what it's like um, to be aspiring author and the ups and downs of it all. and um, And if it doesn't work out with agents at the moment, then we start to explore self-publishing ways and you'll be along that journey as well. So it's all wait and see, really, of where this is going to go next. But it's exciting, but nerve-wracking all at the same time, isn't it? It's just, you're not too...
0: To show what
1: the future will hold. No, it's the the
0: unknown, the unknown that's yeah. quite scary. But yeah, it's it is a bit of fun. We have to just sit ourselves down and get realistic about this. We just like I think yeah. we're writing, people really big it up and it's great, but it is just another thing in the world. Uh, another art form, if you if you will. And yeah, there's so many different styles. Like I just feel like there's so much pressure um, about writing and I think there's a the kind of snobbery there as well that I don't want to listen to. Just want to feel my own... My This sounds so arse, arse-y, uh, but I just want to go with my own voice and kind of yeah. ignore all that. Um, and if it's good, fantastic. If not, then I'm at least writing it and getting down it's kind of therapeutic in a way just to get words down and yeah it's just it's a piece of you isn't it so um yeah
1: it is I mean the publishing world and the writing world and everything can be a a bit elitist Mm -hmm. that that you have got this opinion of what a writer is and who they are and I think Before we actually started researching into it and looking into Twitter and listening to other podcasts and everything with the writers on, they were, to me, they were almost like a unicorn. They were almost like people that I aspired up to, but I couldn't reach because you got their books from them, but you didn't understand who they were. And I think it's helping to break down that barrier that they are just like us they aren't these magical unicorns that um, we can be, um, just like them, I think that's but quite we a have compliment. To be ourselves at the same.
0: Yeah, comparing well. a writer to a magical unicorn is pretty impressive compliment. So they're not. It no is, way.
1: It, <laughs> it is, but the thing is, I think with the celebrities' um, status at the, um, is that you've got you've got movie star celebrities and you see all the time and you see them on um, newspapers, you see them on articles and and everything like that. And then you've got the 15 minute fame people who are in and out, celebrities, uh, realities, stuff like that. So you've got that kind of, as if you understand them, you know them, they're reachable. Mm. But for me, authors weren't reachable. They produced a book, you love the book, You get immersed in their world, but you didn't actually understand who they were. You didn't know who they were. And I think. The art of the podcast and everything, we are starting to understand the process of storytelling, who these authors are, how they've struggled to go through it because you think they've just came up with this magical book and the story, one draft, like you do, you see them in movies. This writer suddenly comes up with a typewriter and writes one draft, hands it to a publisher, and it's the next minute it's a bestseller. And I think hearing interviews by other writers or other authors that you understand it's a long process a lot of them got rejected before that first book and they um that they're just human beings and they're just trying to do their best job of getting their own voices out and the stories that they love and i think yeah, it's breaking down the barriers, isn't it? And just saying, I can be like them. Um, my book is worthy of being out there with everyone else. It's different, which is a good thing. And it's, I'm not them, I'm me. And this is my voice. And I think you have to be confident with that, really.
0: Which we're not, but we're getting there. I've <laughs> yeah, seen, there. I've seen there. such a difference in you, though. From when we started, really? yeah, for with your confidence um, talking about your book, yeah. Remember the first time I we were to, oh what was what was the podcast? I can't remember which one it was, but I had said you know you have to just tell people that you're a writer, just just say oh, you know if yeah. you meet someone and you're like, oh my Is god I couldn't do that, one? um yeah and I was like come on you could you just just tell them you're writing a book and it's about Give them a sentence. Don't fully, don't fully go into, um, you know, the depths of it. Just and uh, you were like, okay, maybe I'll try and tell someone this week. Uh, from that to now, where you're you're yeah. pretty confident. Well, you're a lot more confident now. I think you realise that what you've got is good. Yeah. Your product. And you're following all the steps on what to do to find your agent. So maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's what makes you I comfortable because you're following these steps. You know what the, an agent is looking for. And so you're, you're yeah. going through it all, making sure that's all correct. You've done the best you can on your, your book. And um, maybe, maybe that's what gives you confidence. What do you think?
1: I think so. I think, yeah, you're right. It's also talking about it. I think having these um, weekly confabs with each other and talking about it, I think has helped a lot as well. And it's making feel the community, the support, that you're not doing this alone. Um, And I think the more you talk about it, the more confident you get. I think if you write in a little room, somewhere in your house or attic or by yourself, then it becomes quite insular. It becomes this forbidden thing that you you shouldn't be doing. You should be spending your time doing other things. Um, and it's very secretive. And I think if you break down that barrier and you start talking about it more, it's just like anything else, isn't it? Yeah. You start to become more confident about it. Mm. And you And I think you have to take that little step and put it out there. And I think by approaching a couple of beta readers has helped as well because before I sent it, I was riddled with self-doubt and when it was out there and I gave them like two weeks to come back to me, I was second-guessing every word I'd written that I just wanted to rewrite the whole book and that I wasn't a good enough writer. So to actually get feedback from other people and say, no, this is good, this is a good page-turner, I like the story, maybe tweak this, 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 but overall it's good. It does help to boost you up and I think, Also, the more you research, like you said, the more you follow the steps and you research what's out there and read a lot and see what the agents are looking for, the publishing industry as a whole is looking for. I think it does help to kind of confirm where you are and what stage you're at. So yeah, this podcast has helped a lot, I think, just to be able to talk about it and have that support and build that community and-
0: And that accountability.
1: Yes. Yeah, I
0: think that does help. Because every week you get the question, how's your writing been? Yeah.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And That's what we do to each other. We kind of like, okay, how are you writing? And we throw questions at each other and problems and support each other to try and come through it. But we also understand what it's like to struggle with different aspects of the writing.
0: That's definitely given me a real push to... Um, at least write something every week because I know I'll get the question yeah. how's your writing week gone and I need a damn good excuse if I've said oh I've not really <laughs> done much this week why? because uh, I just really couldn't be bothered I just thought I'd do other things um, yeah it's got that accountability as well that's really important because if it's just you who's going to know? you can just kind of skive off for a month Uh, although there's nothing wrong with that either but for us No, you
1: need a break, you need to take a break
0: You definitely do I just feel like writing a book takes so long and all the other parts that we're still to do can take a while too so I just want to get this done come on, get it done
1: changed quite a lot though oh yeah doing this podcast I think you've built in confidence as well Ooh. and I think you felt you sound more confident in what you're writing and the processes of it all and understanding the journey and I think it's helped us to come up with the different subjects each week and stuff to really hone in and research what it is to write and to, to tell a story I think with the character arts with the plotting points and everything to really just talk it out and i think i've seen a good difference in you too
0: oh great thanks yeah it'll be um subjects that i'd never really thought about but then when we're going to talk about it in a podcast it's like right right research look into it oh yeah okay oh i think i knew that and and then it reinforces, points get reinforced in your head and then you'll say new things or tips to help um, maybe write in the love interest or whatever. And, um, yeah, I think all that, re- all that is helping. And uh, I just can't wait to write another book, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. Um, that's good. <laughs> that's good to want. Um, so... When, let me get this question, let me get a question up. So when we first started this podcast, we did kind of give like a little backstory on each of us, but I don't think we really yeah. focused in on your actual, why you were writing and, and things like that. So um, why did you start writing? What, what happened to make you think, I'm just going to start writing a book? Did you decide, I'm going to write a novel, or did you just want to put some ideas down to paper, or...?
1: Looking back in my life, um, I've always loved storytelling. In one form or another, I've loved storytelling and listening to stories. Um, I think I've touched upon before that I'm dyslexic, and so when I was really younger, um my way of escaping through stories wasn't necessarily to read it, was actually audiobook. I went through my whole local library, um, children book audiobook section and I love to listen to them and I still love them now. It's um and I used to just close my eyes, listen to the words and her create that imaginational world to get lost in and to to visualize it. So I think I've always loved storytelling, but I didn't think I would be a writer. And I think because of my past, my struggles, my dyslexia and everything, I've found other ways to become, to get involved with storytelling. So um, my background and my degree is actually in theater and um, to not in the performing way, but in the backstage stuff. So set design, costumes, lighting, sounds, and everything. I got involved with theater as a way of storytelling, and I've loved films. Um, and then when I got older and everything, I became more confident reader and writer that I fell in love with other books. And the power that it has to escape to, to, um, to find yourself in another time and place, and the power that a few words, a sentence has to transform your mind and create this picture. And that's how I like to write as well, is that um, I like to see the imagery in my head. I see a film, I see a clip in my head, and I describe what I see. And so they start to kind of become self-evolved, my characters, and start to talk by themselves. And I just simply describe what I see. And that's how I write. Um, I don't know how other people write, but that's how I write. Mm. So it's very visual. It's very imagery, um, how I describe things and trying to place the readers in that time and place as well. And, yeah, I just... Then I, I kind of, when I was a bit older, I wanted to write a book, but I didn't know what I was gonna write. um, And I was finding that story, that one thing that kind of pushes you over the edge. You go, no, I need to get this story out. And then one night, I had a dream, which sounds bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I had this vivid dream and this story, and then it just started plaguing me during the day, and start to evolve, and I started to kind of plot a couple of things down, but it wouldn't let me go. It just kept coming back, and it was there constantly, and the story was evolving more in my head, and then I was dreaming about it a bit more, and yeah. It's just kind of evolved to what Rope Walk has become. And so many years later, um, I have this book, and then but it's empowered me to create other stories in my head mm. and to become inspired with other things. And currently, I have about 10 books in my head. It's very busy. It's very chaotic. But it's starting that journey it's starting that kind of process and building that confidence to actually start the first book start the plotting process and even when you don't understand what the hell plotting is you kind of take it off the books that you read the ones you love even films and everything or plays um you start to write the natural way of storytelling is and finding your own voice that way and then you kind of start to study the process a bit more, fine tune it, and edit it, and everything like that. And it's just one big massive learning curve. And yeah, I just love, I love escaping into another world, really. Um, and yeah, and history. I love history. So two things put together, I write historical fiction. So <laughs> yeah, it's just how I've come to be a storyteller. How have you come? to be a storyteller, to become a writer?
0: If I cast my mind back, I think I... Yeah, I used to write poetry and um, songs. I have this um, old notebook of mine still. um, And it's how old? It's maybe high school. And it was just, yeah, little, little... um, short poems and maybe songs, lyrics and um, I think I always kind of had that and I didn't really realise that um, until thinking about for this podcast um, I think it's, it's going to be sound cheesy but I think in some ways it was kind of in me because um, my dad wrote so much um, not stories actually actually i think he did write stories but never like a novel or it would just be his thoughts mostly short
1: stories
0: yeah short stories but it was maybe his thoughts on life and um yeah. and he wrote an awful lot of songs so um like the the last time i saw it it was like a, like oh my god the amount of paper um stacked high just full of songs that he's always he just wrote down he would stay up late and it would just come to him and actually my granddad, his father, he was known as a storyteller in the area. So he would he would go and have a yarn with people and um, go to the pub and tell stories. And I don't know a whole lot of of anything more about that. I just knew that he was known as a storyteller. Um, and I guess yeah, that's that's really kind of come to me thinking about it now but why i started writing so i kind of had that before and then i was in a i was in a really non creative job and i was really bored bored with it and i had a bit of time so i had my weekends you know you're working 9 to 5 and then you've got your weekends so i just um i just had a laptop and i just started started writing a story. I didn't plan it, I just started from the start, which which is the one I'm um, hoping to send out to agents um, soon. Because uh, that was quite a long time ago that I started it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it was just something wasn't right. I was just doing work that just didn't feel right. And then, also, at that time i'd so I'd started writing, and then I'd also reevaluated my life and thought I need to do something more creative as well um for a as a daily job so um that was when I started getting um back into designing clothes and making clothes um which was what I studied before um so I think. Yeah, it's always been kind of there. It was just when it's going to come out. And I think if you're a creative person and you're doing something really, really the opposite um, of creative, like I was doing data entry, like there's... I really don't know how you get anything creative (laughs) fulfilment out of that. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, I think it's going to come out, and it did come out then. And I'm really glad it did, because, yeah, years later, I went back to um, start start the novel again, because I'd just, like, come to the midway point, and I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, years later, go back to it. And now, finished it. And, uh, yeah, it's such a, a, a feeling of achievement, of, of accomplishment to... Um, finish that and from from when you started because you started your book a long time ago as well like who you were then to who you are now I was you were 2014 I was I was at least 2010 yeah Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I came to Australia now it's 2020 yeah I know god um but yeah it's it's there and it was it was just part of it's just part of your journey so who knows i don't know if this is something i'll always do but this is another this is just like this that stage in my life now that i'm like i really just want to write more um and it's taking more taking more of the reins than the dressmaking um did but that's not to say that the dressmaking has yeah. gone. It's I think that'll come back. But just right now, yeah, I'm just feeling that now is the time for me to be writing, and um, it feels more natural. And um, yeah, it's just interesting yeah. how how it comes around, and yeah, it's mental. But it is,
1: I and mean, I think for me, um, writing has become my passion. I think I've been quite. Lost in that sense that I wasn't too sure what I actually wanted to do because I've been a teacher I'm currently a teacher again but I ran my own business I tried to be creative that way Um, I worked in care support and everything and you kind of flitter from one thing to the other and life throws a lot of obstacles in the way and you kind of use those as an excuse to kind of just flitter but coming writing I loved I did it for two years when everything else was kind of going a bit pear-shaped in my life health-wise and then other distractions came along i.e. my daughter and I kind of just put it in the sidelines and then you gave me a a massive kick up the ass i um, sorry about the language <laughs> and yeah and I have just got back into it and I realized coming back into it again how much I love it mm. how much of a passion for it and then allowing myself to have that I think that's a big massive thing because for some reason if you tell people that you're writing it's as if it's like oh that's a dream How can you be a writer or Mm. if that's a waste of time and you get that a lot with other creative industries and creative jobs or creative hobbies and it's just like why are you doing that you Mm. should be focusing on nine to five jobs and this and the other to put food on the table and i think you do both you do a nine to five job to put food on the table but i think if you're a creative person like you say you need an outlet Mm -hmm. you need a way of expressing yourself and i do other creative things Um, Artists as well, but I love writing. It's become my passion. I love it's (laughs) almost an obsession, quite frankly. That it's just I need to write; otherwise, I don't feel quite right. And I love to get my story out there, to research it, to um, speak about it like we do, to put it out there, to encourage other people to do writing. And just to kind of express myself every day and who knows what's gonna come of it. But I think I'll always write. I think it this is my path forward. So whether or not I go traditional or if it's self publishing and I just put it out there and hope I get sales, but I think and then discontinue the nine to five job to see if anything happens with it. But I think I'll always be a writer now. I think that's who I am becoming and i've got like i said 10 stories in my head that i want to tell i I want to express i want to explore myself and (laughs) find little snippets and become inspired by other things that are happening and yeah it's yeah it's a bit mental really but i think it's also having that confidence to say to other people yes i am a writer um i still don't say at work that i'm a writer um and then yeah and but it, it's finding the self confidence i think as well
0: even be. my um my husband was saying uh, recently something about oh you're doing really well i'm so proud of you um you're you're doing this and you're doing that um and you're a writer and i'm like oh well i'm trying to be a writer and he's like do you or don't you write um and you're doing a novel that makes you a writer you're a writer and i'm like okay yeah. Even even that, even from my husband, I couldn't take that. <laughs> um, well, it's not a compliment. It's just like that's what he compliment, sees. isn't it? Yeah. And um, so yeah. I guess I, I'm like, oh, I guess I am a writer. But for me, I'm thinking to be a writer, you have to be published and have fans and <laughs> people reading your work. And I'm not at that stage yet. So what am I? I'm just an aspiring writer aspiring writer author Well, Um, that's the thing though
1: i think we are writers but we're aspiring authors authors are published authors Mm. have readers yes authors have books out there but we are writers who Mm -hmm. are becoming aspiring authors and i think that's the difference isn't it yeah i think it's saying i am a writer i do enough of it i write every single day i'm researching enough um i kind of know what I'm talking about um and but I'm a writer um I'm not a professional writer but I'm a writer who's trying to become an author and it's yeah I think it's a affirmation isn't it I am a yes. writer I am a writer that's it um, that's it I just kind of I stopped I
0: just stopped doing my affirmations remember I was doing them
1: Oh, have you? Um, yeah, I stopped yeah. doing
0: them. I've can. I just get, um, yeah, I get distracted easily, and then that. So that's gone. Um, <laughs> so maybe I just need to go back <laughs> to that. Whereas I was confident before. I was like, I am saying these affirmations every day, and they're working. Um, so no, I've I've completely forgotten all about that. So yes, yeah, so I'll maybe get back to it. Um, okay, another question. So what kind of? Um, stories genres do you read um, yourself you know like are they the same as what you're writing in and why are you writing yes. in that genre there you go there's some questions meaty questions to get
1: into.
0: <laughs> um, yes and no
1: um i'm writing historical fiction because i love history I love delving deep into certain parts of history and researching it. Um, I never, I studied it at school, but I never did it at a degree because it's more the academics knowing the tiny, tiny little details of these random time periods. But I love history. If I get inspired by a certain time point, I love immersing myself in it and finding the little details. Um, And it's also the challenge of it i'm drawn to that kind of book um that's what i read that's what i grew up reading actually and um, my granny got me into Catherine cookson books when i was a teenager that's what she read and i kind of fell into those mm. and then i became um then i started to know and a very gritty north because that's where i'm from Um the katherine cookson books and then i kind of stumbled into more bronte austin gaskell hardy Um, of those time periods, and being immersed in those moments, because for them, that wasn't historical fiction, that was contemporary fiction to them, what they were writing, but for us, that's historical fiction, Um, and kind of knowing that time point, and the little details, and comparing what one writer sees in life, and what another one doesn't, Um, so, I've kind of put the two together, my two loves, history and storytelling, and that's why I kind of write that. Who knows, I might write contemporary fiction later down the line, but all the books in my head are based in certain time points at the moment. Um, But I don't just read historical fiction, I read thrillers. Um, a book that I'm really getting into at the moment is Will Dean and it's set in um, Sweden in a forest and there's dead bodies and I like that kind of thing I like watching those I love watching mysteries and um, police procedural um, dramas on TV and finding out the little details and twists Um, I like reading... um, a little bit of fantasy not too much Um, it has to be in a certain way and um, I, but I don't really read rom-coms it's bizarre I love watching rom-coms I love spending an hour and a half to two hours watching a rom-com and getting lost into it but I don't tend to read rom-coms as much Um, they're a bit too light Yes. For me, I like um, women's fiction. I like, I like there to be a bit of grit and grime to it, a bit of reality and the problems that we have to face and overcoming them. For me, that's more realistic in life. Um, the deeper issues, the deeper questions we need to answer. I think sometimes it's nice to get escaped into this light, airy fairy world, this idealist. But for me, reading it it has to grip me over hours, days, weeks, and sometimes the lighter one comes don't grip me as much. And that's not to say the writing's any bad or the story isn't any good. That's just my preference. That's my readings, um abilities and love and passion and everything. So I, yeah, I like those stories. The twisty turny, the little bit darker, doesn't mean I'm darker the stories <laughs> and no it's comment. kind of <laughs> um and yeah it's that like kind of yeah it needs to grip me but yeah mm. and then like um a film that we rented the other day as well um was the invisible man and I like stories, tellings that's got that slight twist on it that kind of keeps you guessing that everything's not what it seems. especially in films, um, I'll take an action, switch my brain off, just um, just feel good? Man's charging, or woman, charging through the landscape, being a hero or superhero stuff. I love all those kind of things. I have to be in a mood for it, but I love all those escape. But when it comes to books yeah i'm a bit more particular yeah sometimes it's certain time periods sometimes it's certain styles because for me if i'm watching a film i like i'm investing two three hours at the most and that's it but yeah. for a book I'm investing my imagination, my creativity. It could be hours, days, weeks, yeah. months. Sometimes. Oh, so different! And it has like, to grip me, and the words roll differently, yeah. and the language and everything. It's you, a have whole different like, concept, you have to like you have to like
0: concentrate on things. Whereas in a film, you can just like go uh, and just like stay in the same position for two hours and just kind of let it wash over you. But switch like your you brain off. Switch your brain off. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, whereas, no, you need a lot more um, dedication for a book. Because it's very easy just to get halfway through yeah. a book and go, eh, this, is not, this is not what I thought, and then just toss it away.
1: And I think it's important to understand that as a writer as well. Because when you're writing a book, you, you need to invest in that. You need to make it That You don't want a reader of my book to get halfway through and go, yeah, you know what, this isn't grabbing me. I'm not gonna invest until the end. Mm. They have invested days, weeks into your book, but it's got to the point where they go, yeah, you really don't want that as a reader, so um, as a writer. So it's, you understand it as a reader of the processes that goes into it and how maybe this book is failing for you That you're reading and how you could improve that as a writer. What can you learn from that book to then take into your book and make it so that a reader doesn't get halfway through and invest so much time into a book to just toss it aside? Mm. Why, what kind of books do you read? What kind of, why are you writing women's fiction? What brings you to that kind of
0: genre and. And all that yeah, jazz. <laughs> I think and all that jazz. Um, I think when I just started writing that novel, I just I just wrote what I felt comfortable writing, and that just so happened it was the the style of contemporary women's fiction style. Um, I wanted it to be light because I thought I at that stage I thought that that's the style I would like to read yeah it's it's really odd though because uh the books that i do read i are really not like that and and i thought i i thought that i was reading a lot of um that genre but yeah it turns out no, nah, i'm reading loads of other style uh, genres that's interesting so, yeah, it, yeah it's just like a it just came to me this style and it felt um felt right and it felt yeah this this is what this is a style I should do although now I don't know I feel like I could change at some stage but um yeah we'll see where it goes the the books that I read like I was making a list of um the books that have like made an effect on me um that I've just loved and um none of them are like contemporary women's fiction. Um, so yeah, um, I might run through them actually. I wrote them down. Go for it. Um, so yeah, mainly uh, what I've noticed, it's a kind of fantasy element, element that I've been drawn to. Oh really? And I've totally not wrote it. Like, cause I feel like writing fantasy would be so complicated. So much time to create Ooh, this world. world building, yeah, yeah, and frankly, I've yes. no freaking time for that. But who's to say that might happen <laughs> <laughs> eventually? Um, but ones that I've loved so, Philip Pullman, you know, his dark materials, oh, the trilogy, yes. yeah, I loved those. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I ate them up, and I think I could go back to reading them again because that was quite. Quite a long time ago now that I I'd, I'd gone through them all. Um and Neil Gaiman, so his one Ocean at the end of the lane, um is it fantasy maybe Yeah it is, it is, but I believe it's based on his childhood in some ways. So there he's just got a kind of a dreamy magical element to his work anyway. So and Celia Dart Thornton, so she's a fantasy writer, and she did the *Ill-Made Mute*. I um that loved that as well. Um, but then also Harper Lee *To Kill a Mockingbird*. That really oh, oh yeah, that's a classic that I think I'll go back to again. Um, I don't know why. Like, I've read a few classics, but that really left an impression on me. And, um, yeah, things like Georgette Hayer. Have you read any of her work? She writes in the no. Regency period. Oh, OK. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, I haven't came across her. I will check. T- try I'll out her. her out. She's quite, um, like, comical, like some of her stuff. It's, you know, Jane Austeny. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, there's, like, always a kind of... Maybe the, the female gets abducted by this... Um, what do you call those guys? Highwayman. But it's all quite light, um, <laughs> and there's romance okay. through it. They're, they're lots of fun. And, yeah, Philippa Gregory and, and people like that. So, yeah. It, yeah, it's just really, really interesting. I think... I don't know what I'm going to... what If that matters with what you're writing, should I be reading more women's fiction but again i kind of want to to get really meaty reads and just to get lost in the world yeah and i find that i have tried to read some women's fiction and um it's maybe not captured my attention for too long which is terrible if i'm writing in it so yeah i'm it's strange it's a strange one but it's, yeah,
1: it's interesting that you kind of write in that genre, but you don't read it as much. But it's also learning from it. I mean, why do you pick up other women fiction books and you, it doesn't grab you that you toss it aside halfway through? And how could you change that for your book? How do you grab a reader in until they finish the book? And I think it's you're seeing an issue maybe with that genre and that you need to fulfil into yours and you may be answering it or maybe you're writing it in a whole different way of other women's fiction. I think Mm, it's such a broad genre women's fiction that it can carry a lot of different stories and different styles. Yeah. Um and I think it's just finding your own voice in it and but you never know. The thing is it is, it is a massive thing to take on historical fiction and fantasy mm. that you have building this world. That I've realized writing Rope Walk and it's become uh, and it's became a series that I am creating this world that it's historical world building in a sense that I'm seeing where the characters are and what they will become and how the story will develop through generations and that I could go off this direction and look at these other characters um, and I could talk about other characters beforehand, I could go before Rope Walk, do a prequel to that, there is so many different opportunities, but I've created this world, but it's a lot of work to keep this world up, because you need to understand what you've written before, keep an idea of that, you're kind of building a glossary, in a sense, of all the characters you talked about, and where they're going forward, and you're kind of predicting their future, in a sense, um, And it is a lot of work. And you never know, you might come to that one time when you feel drawn to it. But I think, like you said before, you have to write what you're drawn to at that moment. And what Mm. came out of you was the books that you've created and you've written. And I think that's where, if this is where your gut is saying, where your heart is saying that you need to write, then that's what you need to write. Um, But I think helping ri- reading other genres do does help to bring to your genre to to kind of bring that element in and to that's bring good i hope so and a different voice to it
0: yeah i think so so what were is there any books that's really stayed with you because i mentioned a few that i really loved yeah with re- regards um, to the storytelling yes. and getting immersed in their worlds
1: there's been quite a few. Any spring um, to mind? Like I mentioned before, I listen to a lot of books. I love audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to sleep most nights listening to a book um, that I will spend the days um, and a couple of hours reading and everything. But I love audiobooks. So it's a mixture of the two. Um, I like um history books, historical books, but I also like um dystopian as well i loved reading the hunger games i love the films and i love the books which is quite different to historical fiction but i like the storytelling in it i like the main character how she has to overachieve and overcome certain elements that is put towards her you've got the political side and how she describes and goes into detail with both of those um the love interest it's got a nice balance of a lot of things. Um I really loved um recently Once Upon a River by Diana Setterfield and I think you'll probably like that as well because the language in it and it's got people who tell stories in pubs after what you said with your granddad. Um the language is beautiful. It's almost poetic um but it's not as um, thick and heavy as literary fiction. Um, I love Thomas Hardy's books, the grittiness of some of them, and then he he's written lighter books. Um, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down to five. I mean, you have to sometimes keep current in the fields that you're writing. And for me, recent ones is The Doll Factory by Elizabeth McNeil as well. She that's kind of. 1850s historical. Do
0: you find yourself scrutinising things now? Oh hell yeah! That am yeah,
1: analytical, analytical analyzing. about everything. Uh, films, yeah.
0: books. Yeah. yeah, I that that's what I was. Um, yeah, I was thinking that because I'm finding myself that with films and I'm waiting for like the conflict to happen or the middle part. Yes. Um, yeah, I, like with films and yeah with books, it's. I don't know. I I wouldn't say it's ruined me, Um, you know, finding out how storytelling works, how story arcs um, work. It's just, yeah, It it's maybe a little bit annoying because now I'm waiting for the things to happen and then they happen and I'm like, right, okay, So that's that part. All right, okay next, next. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's a bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah.
1: It is a little bit. You kind of start to analyze films, and it's like, okay, well, that's clearly um, the critical bit, the um, the catalyst moment. That's clearly the midpoint. Or that's clearly the all (laughs) moment. But also, when I watch a film and go, I can't see the points. It's like an action film. It's so muddy and heavy sometimes, and it's good to switch your brain off. But I can't see the points. But then you're like, that's not very good. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you have the points for a reason, but it's just like, right, well, they've made it too energetic for too long, that you can't see the highs and the lows in the book or the storytelling. And so it's learning from that, going, okay, so it's all about pacing, having um high-impact times and then quieter times in your writing. And you do kind of learn about it. I mean, I had this, though, when I was um, studying theatre and everything, that part of my degree was going out and watching shows, that you start to analyse every aspect of theatre, you were writing up about Seth, you were writing up a good costume, lighting, sound, and that for a while I couldn't go to theatre without analysing it every step. And you do, when you immerse yourself in that kind of area or expertise, you do kind of start to analyse everything. But... I think if you want it to be a career choice, you need to start analyzing. That it does kind of take a little bit of the magic away because it's not this amazing world. But then, I've found as well if the ma- if the story is powerful, if the writing is really good, um, then I stop analyzing it and I start become immersive in it.
0: I think it's more with films. I'm I notice it because it's there in front of you. But with books, uh, well, yeah, w- with well with the book I'm reading right now, I couldn't tell you where the points were. I'm I'm reading a Philip Gregory actually, and um, it's great. But I don't, yeah, I don't know where where I am in if I was going to go for all the points. Um, so... Is that a good uh, yeah. thing
1: or a bad thing, though?
0: No, that's gr- a great thing, because I'm oh, not okay. waiting for anything. Yeah. am just immersed. Yeah. Okay, I'm just immersed. Yeah. But she always immerses yes. me. She's very good. She's, like, yeah. my go-to if I feel like I've read a few crap books and, and I don't know... I'll just go to her, uh, one of hers that I've not read before, because she seems to have a lot. <laughs> and, um, yeah... It's uh, it's always it's like a bath, it's like a lovely period costume bath. Um, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> but with people getting thing, beheaded uh, and things, not not too nice all the time. <laughs> uh,
1: but that's the thing. If when you're writing, we'll get down to in a couple of podcast time, like the cover letter, and you have to compare yourself to other writers out there, where you would be on the shelf. My ideal would be. Philip Gregory and Kate Moss and other writers like that, I would that would be my dream that I was in compared to one of those writers and that's what I aspire to be. Who knows if I will be one day, but I think it's good to have those inspirations and those desires and goals that you're kind of working towards and just, yeah, have ones that you look up to and be influenced by. Absolutely, um, they don't always have to be in your own the same genre that you're in either. I think it's good no. to be influenced by other genres and to take good. different aspects of it all. It's all storytelling, isn't it? It's yeah. Ways.
0: Absolutely. Have you got any recommendations? Maybe anything you've you've um, been doing this week that you are enjoying or you've seen or listened to for recommendation time? Um, well. Okay, I will say something. I have been getting back into my inner child this week. And I have been um watching Studio, Ghib- Studio Ghibli. Um so I just adore the storytelling and um it just makes me feel like a child again. Um so things like So if you don't know Studio Ghibli, they um did Films like Spirited Away, My Neighbour Totoro, um, Howl's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky. Oh, so much is there. They're just so beautiful. Um, And I think, yeah, it's nice to get back into that warm, cosy feeling where, I don't know, the world is just like a wondrous place and it's, there's is full of possibilities, and I I think it's important to just get into your child state now and again, and that that's what I've been um, relishing this week. And the storytelling is just fantastic. I I just um and the obviously the animation is is beautifully done. Um, so I I recommend them this week. It's not anything majorly um educational, but maybe just get into your inner child. Okay. We're all bored about being adults. That's a good okay? One. Yeah? Alright. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I recommend them.
1: I think that's a really good one because it's making me think of what I had. Uh, mm. Well, if like you watched an
0: anything this week child. that you really enjoyed, because I was going to say just a film, because I've actually been watching more cartoons this week. I was watching Tintin. I love Tintin.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> good, that film.
0: Yeah, but I, I, like I love. I
1: watched on Netflix the other day. I,
0: yeah, me too. Um, but I love Tintin, like the story of. Um, like, I remember when I was younger, there'd be the cartoons, and I just loved how it, there was yes. always travel and there was an adventure. And there were, I, the big part was the travel and the mystery of it all. And um, yeah, and because it was set in a different time. I don't know if it was like the thirties or forties or something, Um, and that just made it kind of tie in all, I just, yeah, I'm just feeling very much with my inner child this week.
1: This might sound really bizarre, but one of my comfort blankets is actually Hunger Games. I know it inside out.
0: Wow! And
1: when I'm not feeling too good, I Wait. watch it, yes. It's not oh so comfortable, it's not so warm, really. <laughs> um, but yeah. I like, No, once was I, enough. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but that's the think <laughs> each of their own. Um, Absolutely. I also would recommend that I mentioned before that I watched this week is The Invisible Man. And I loved it. It was such a good film. But it's a different, because I'm not normally um, horror-esque kind of thing. I like a thriller, but sometimes it has to have some boundaries because it. I've got such a vivid imagination that it plays havoc on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But it was intelligent. It was different. You were watching the screen for tiny little movements, and I like that. I like something sometimes for the simplicity. I think with historical fiction, it's so, it can be too complicated at some times that every little detail, um, and they have to be immersed in the world and everything has to be correct. And when you're writing it, little threads. But this one was so simple that you were watching for the threads. You were watching for the tiny movements as it says it's the invisible man so you're looking at the screen you're analysing it in a different way and it makes you think about storytelling in a different way especially in a visual aspect I really enjoyed that I thought it was really clever
0: I like dark but I I can't be doing um, like psychological uh, like horrors or um, yeah anything like with ghosts or anything Um, I think I'm okay with like a murderer on the loose, a big axe guy or anything like that, that's not so bad. But when it involves like ghosts and stuff, freaks me out. I just, I can't watch it because I'll watch one. Like I still remember watching ones from when I was a teenager and there's part of those that never leave you. And so I hate being alone. And then that is the only time I'll think about these is when I'm alone in the house and um yeah they come back to you and isn't that amazing that these little details that i can't remember an awful lot of things that have happened in my life but when i'm alone i will remember (laughs) a horror film that i watched years ago (laughs) to scare the crap out of me
1: i do kind of like these, but they do stay with you longer i was in when i was in uni i watched a horror film and I can't even think about the name of the horror film, but I can remember the effect that it had. Mm. Um, Something like there was a witch or something that was in the darkness and you had to stay in the light. And for about four nights, I had to sleep with the light on. It freaked me out. I was in my, I was 20. Yeah. We are on Apple's and iTunes, and if you're listening there, please rate and review us. It does help our podcast to become more noticeable, and it puts it out there, and hopefully someone else might find it and enjoy it as well. So, yeah, if you, please rate and review us. Um, we are also on Twitter, our Aspiring Author Pod. Um, hit us with any questions, recommendations. um. Also, tell us what your favorite stories are, what your favorite books are, films are, and kind of start that conversation. We'd love to hear from you. So just kind of give us a shout out. You can find us at at outlook.com if you want to send us any messages, emails, any questions, and we'd love to try and help you if we can. So yeah, thank you very much for listening to the Aspiring Authors podcast. And we'll catch you next
0: week. Hey! Mm. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Aspiring Authors. You can find us on Twitter at Aspiring Authors Pod. Credit goes to Josh Woodward for our theme music. Once tomorrow.